0: G'day gang, welcome to episode 16 of Imperial Rebel Orc Podcast. My name's Eero On today's show, I'm pretty much just having a bit of a casual chat with you guys about my approach to painting. Pick up the brushes, pick up the paints, pick up the models and crank the music because it's time for the Imperial Rebel Orc Podcast. G'day guys. Just driving to, just about to start driving to uh, my first job for the day. Thought I'd have a bit of a chat with you and tell you about my, how I paint, basically, my, my painting steps. Okay, so, you know, first of all, <laughs> I, I don't consider myself to be a great painter, uh, I've, I've been painting uh, pretty consistently for the last five years now. So we're in 2020 now. I've been painting for painting miniatures for the last five years. Before that, my painting was, uh, look, somewhere between complete shite and, <laughs> and extremely, extremely bad. Um, but like everything, practice really does, help so the more you're doing something generally the, the better you get at it uh, that you know applies to me for like my working life my being a parent <laughs> I've been a parent for 17 years and I think over time I've got better I've become more patient and more understanding and you know three girls you yeah you have to be patient so <laughs> but when it comes to painting yeah I I've it's been a slow grind and I think I've been uh, over time, or oh, you know, certain times I've, I've got quite frustrated at the fact that I can't achieve certain things because, yeah, look, in a lot of ways I am quite impatient, I'd say, and this is something I've come to realize over the last few years. Um, I'm getting better with that, but yeah, I, I used to have a real tendency to sort of rush through things just so I could say it was done. Whereas in the last few years, I've sort of learned to pace myself, take my time and get things as best I can, like, like get them completed to a, a level where I can be really proud of them and look at them and go, actually, yeah, it's, it might not be perfect, but I got the eyes right this time, or I've managed to uh, put some stubble on this little guy, or, you know, the the weathering or the chipping or whatever is, is particularly, standing out to me whatever it might be whatever whatever aspect of the painting might be but yeah like so I can just basically put it on the shelf or in the display cabinet and look at it and go yep yeah, I I'm as proud of that as I can be um and I'm happy to show other people I'm happy to take photos of it when I look back into the early days yeah the skill wasn't there and I'm not saying I'm I'm full of skill now but there was really no skill whatsoever like I would There was no highlighting, for example, there was no um, ink wash, there was no no depth to the miniatures. They were very cartoony, very sort of two-dimensional is what I'm trying to say, you know. And from all accounts, what I can tell with other painters as well, they've all been in the same boat. So I suppose because I sort of jumped straight into the deep end with having a blog and putting up pictures, yeah looking back I sort of go oh maybe I should have <laughs> practiced painting a little bit more before um, before jumping in you know and it's from seeing other other bloggers um, and people on Instagram and seeing their work that really has pushed me to to get better at what I do well you know I want to get better myself but without the encouragement and the inspiration of others I think yeah I don't I don't know if I would have Pushed as hard to be honest. So I now I really take my time with things. Like for for example, eyes, eyes painting eyes has always been like an extreme sport. Um, gives me heart palpitations. <laughs> uh, I've always found it tricky. I've always found that having that steady hand and getting the technique just right and getting the the bloody pupils centred just right and all that kind of thing has been a real challenge. And as I say, because I, you know, kind of keen to get it ticked off, then, yeah, I suppose I've been guilty of not really doing any eyes in the past. Whereas now, most of the time, not all the time, but most of the time I want my characters, my miniatures to have eyes because, you know, the eyes are the windows to the soul. But they also, they give the the, the miniature a lot of character. I, I really think that, you know, like, yeah so so i i've I've definitely in in more recent months made a real concerted effort to try and get the eyes as best i can they're still believe me they're still not amazing Uh, (laughs) but they're getting better all the time and i've yeah uh thanks to a, a blogger a couple of blogger buddies of mine they give me a few tips and even a few suggestions with what brushes to use, such as the Windsor and Newton Seven series, um, and what paints to use, uh, such as the Vallejo uh, Black Primer. Um, I've ordered, I've, I've ordered some of that, so looking forward to giving that a crack. But yeah, you know, thanks to the help from others, I, I've slowly, slowly got better. But anyway, I wanted to. Um, yeah just give you a general breakdown i suppose on how i paint my miniatures now right from the word go uh, well as soon as i started to learn about depth and highlighting and all that kind of thing then i realized that um, logically for me at least uh, painting the deeper recessed areas first is a good thing so Working from almost from the inside out. So if you've got a miniature and he's say a, a medieval character and he's holding a shield and he's holding a spear um, and he's you know his arm both arms are bent, then it's better to paint inside the shield and inside the um, you know the crook of the arm and all that kind of thing before moving out forward. And therefore, even when it comes to things like the face, now obviously the face has got uh, uh, dimples and grooves and lines and stuff like that to create the character of the face, Um, it's best to start with the deeper, darker recesses first. So I suppose in a way it's like, um, I sort of see it as like contouring makeup now, my eldest daughter, she's into a bit of that, so uh, I kind of learned that from her, that she said when you're when you're doing makeup, as far as like stage makeup or heavier type makeup, you start with the, the darker areas first, so like the hollows of the cheeks, or um, you know the recesses of the, where the eye and the nose meets, that kind of thing, and then you go, you, you step it up so then you go to mid colors and then you eventually you know you're, you're basically doing a, a highlight with a with a dot of lighter color on the nose i don't know all the colors of the makeup of course but <laughs> for example painting flesh um i'll use like a, a yeah like a dark dark flesh tone almost like a dusky pink i suppose um i'll, I'll paint the whole face that then i'll you know do a a mid-tone to um accentuate the cheekbones and the jawline and the and the end of the nose and the forehead and the chin basically then i'll go to the lighter tones and to really just give it a little bit more of a highlight like i'm talking a tip of very very pale flesh color on the tip of the nose and on the chin and maybe the jawline and the tops of the ears if if needed. Um, And that's really it. But in that process as well, generally after I've done the first darker flesh tone, I'll um, I'll do an ink wash just to really, you know, get that darker colour into the grooves. and that's basically it and of course you yeah, and do the eyes and then fill in all the details after but yeah I, that's basically it as far as faces i'll keep it it's fairly simple but i have found and this goes for the whole model the more you add highlight the more it pops it really does and I've and I've even just learned that in sort of more recent I've I've been highlighting for quite a while but now I'm highlighting and then doing even more highlighting like uh touch-ups and stuff like that and adding just little dots of color which you know like it it comes down to that thing of if you're a war gamer are you going to bother to do all those little details because it does obviously take longer um but for me, someone who doesn't really war game much at all, I, yeah, I kind of want each miniature to look as best I can for display purposes, for taking photos and having them on the blog. But I don't know, there's kind of something cool about if you do have a game, and then, you know, your opponent might pick up your pieces that you've, you've painted recently and have a look and go, oh, that's really cool, I like how you've done this. So there's, you know, there's something in that as well. Um, so yeah, much like the faces with the um, with the bodies and the weapons and everything as well, I'll do yeah the the main base colour, and then work my way out. So the last thing being, say for example, on a on a bolt rifle, the last thing being the chipping and and sort of weathering effects. And with weathering effects, that's something that's um, quite an art in itself actually, because you. Generally, you don't want to overdo it, unless you want something like a vehicle to be really sort of old and decrepit and rusted and and horrible looking, <laughs> but in a good way. Um, but when it, when it, with a weapon like with a rifle, I think I think yeah, the subtleness, the subtleties go a long way. So just having a little bit of rust on the barrel of the rifle, or um, some chipping on the um, on the paint or the or the butt of the rifle, or something you know something like that. Um, yeah, I think that can be just enough with uh, with with weathering on on weapons. When it comes to um, the weathering on the person, so on the clothing and stuff like that, I reckon you can have you can be quite free range with that kind of thing. I'm I've in recent times I've been playing around with um, pigments. You know, they are the, like the dusty sort of pigments, and they're good fun to use. They they can really make or break a model in my opinion, and especially if you're if you've got a certain base color, um, you might just, you know, have like a, a yellowy, creamy sand base. Then having a yellowy, creamy pigment to dust over the boots and maybe the bottom of the cape or the bottom of the pants or whatever, it can really tie that model in with the base. And that's yeah something I've sort of been playing around with lately, especially with the with the Hellgate uh, project. Um, what else do I do? So I mean, I'm not. I don't think there's anything. Exceptional that I do. I just think it's all about practice. It's all about trial and error as well. Just um, you know, giving something a go. Like for example, um, I was mucking around a little while ago. I was mucking around with different camo camouflage techniques, and you know, I looked up a few tutorials and 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 read a few things online as well. Watched some YouTube's, all that kind of stuff, and yeah, it gave me some ideas, but. Uh, It often comes down to me just, yeah, just sort of trialing a few different patterns or slashes of the paintbrush and different color combinations and blends and glazes to really find my own thing. So I, I very much like to be inspired and get a rough guideline from tutorials, but then, you know, Kind of make it my own and, and try my own things to achieve uh, my own sort of unique look with certain things and i think that that for me is it's another um level of creativity of course and it's a lot of fun i i really enjoy doing all that kind of stuff so um what else do i do when it comes to painting i used to be really really heavy on the wash you know like and i think that's a a common uh, thing that people would do when they first start using washes is is just lather, you know, the whole thing um, in ink. <laughs> and that, look, to, to be honest, that can actually look quite good. It depends what what look you're going for. Um, if you want something really grim and dark and oily and all that kind of stuff, that, then that's perfect. You know, it, it really does uh, work well. But over time, I've learned to be more calculated with, calculated, is that the word? More, uh, maybe more precise with the ink washes. So like, for example, rather than lathering the whole cape, if somebody, if a miniature is wearing a cape, rather than covering the whole thing in, in ink, then just really aim for those creases in the cape, and then use your you know, base colors and highlighting skills to bring out the, the the higher sections or the more risen sections of the cape, those folds. Um, but yeah, but, uh, but ink washes, I mean, they can look fantastic on like say, null oil on, on metal surfaces and things like that. But again, uh, sometimes I think it just really depends what the look you're going for. Like with orcs, orc vehicles, I like, I like a heavy spattering, of of wash (laughs) because i think they are grimy and dirty and and not pristine whereas say like a a space marine or a space marine flyer or vehicle then not quite so much definitely go you know like i I would go around like the bolts and some of the joins and um, the bases of weapons and things like that but i wouldn't cover the whole thing in ink wash because it's gonna be just too grimy for a for a space marine sort of aesthetic, I suppose. But that, you know, like, as I always say, it's really, it really is each their own. Um, everyone's different, everyone's got their own likes and dislikes and, and how they think things should, should be. Um, I'm just, you know, I'm just letting you know how I go about things and what I think, but um, looking back at some of the earlier models, I can really see that I, because that ink wash, and now, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm preaching to the, the people who already know, really, but when you've base-coated something, even if you just base-coat it and then ink wash it and then dry brush, you've got a pretty good-looking miniature, really. Like, it's not... You don't have to do all the detailing and stuff and the highlighting. I I definitely prefer to do all that, but you can get by with just some base colours, an ink wash, and a dry brush over the whole thing. You know, especially if you're if you're in a hurry to get them on the gaming table or something like that or you've got a campaign coming up where you've got to knock out you know I don't know 150 different models or whatever then you know I can understand why you'd want to go down the quick and easy path but for me as I say I I'm really big on trying to make each piece each miniature each character um, as best I can you know to make them look as cool as I can as as realistic as I can as well and that means not just Lathering them in 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 wash, but yeah, I do love my washes though, and I recently got some from um, uh, who are they called? Army Painter. So I've always been you know pretty loyal to Games Workshop and using their ink washes, but you know you can't help but want to branch out after a while. And I got a whole bunch. I got a whole set from Army Painter, and they've got everything. I can't remember all the names, but they've got purple, they've got red, they've got green, they've got blue, they've got the dark tones and that kind of thing as well. And yeah, and blending those, having fun with those has been has been really cool. Um, I recently on my uh, trench pilgrims, yeah, I was mucking around with like blending the the blue and the green um, ink washes. That was kind of fun, and playing with the purple, like like sort of using ones I wouldn't normally um, muck around with. Like I'm i generally in the past stuck to like non Nuln oil and the Agrax earth shade is that what's called um the more brownier type one and the sepia one as well um yeah but branching out and using the colors that's yeah it's kind of fun especially if you're doing something like a nurgle creature or monster or you know some little cretin (laughs) yeah using mucking around with the colors is is kind of cool and i found um Getting a, a like a purpley or bluey, reddy, purpley kind of glaze um, with the washes for um, uh, for your flesh tones going over a flesh tone can really make it look quite sickly or even bruised. That's kind of a that's kind of a cool look. So if you've got, um, say, you've got someone who's you know. The poor chap's missing an arm he's had his arm sliced off and he's attached a a chain sword or a, or a flamer or something to his stump then doing that sort of uh bruised bloody-ish kind of uh murkiness around the join so where his stump fits onto the <laughs> fits onto the chainsword um really gives it uh, really makes it pop really makes gives it that that feeling of like oh yeah he's just literally strapped that on and then and it's gone all bruised and weird looking you know like yeah i think yeah, I think you can have a lot of fun with the washes. You really can. Uh, what else? Um, I'm just free-balling it today, so I'm not I'm not editing as much as I usually do. I'm just generally having a little chat with you about my, my painting techniques. So there might be lots of ums and ahs in there, so <laughs> forgive me for that. But yeah, I'm not going to, uh, you know, I don't touch, the, if I'm driving, I don't touch the recording device. I'm just, you know, I'm just driving and, and obeying the laws. Um, so what else do i do I, the highlighting one sorry to keep banging on about it but that really is a big one for me because i've just it's like an awakening you know <laughs> i've suddenly realized oh wow so the more highlighting you do the better and i've found well in the early days when i was highlighting i was pretty much just using light like light colors so whatever it was whatever i was going over the top of uh whatever base color I was going over the top of, I was just using whatever, I was just using a lighter tone. But of course, and now you're probably chuckling to yourselves on the other side of this uh, podcast, but um, of course, it's better to, if you've got a black, then, you know, highlighting with a mid-gray and then a light gray just really works well. It really does, because then you're creating that light effect, I suppose, and not just I think, when I look back at some of the other miniatures that I've done before I started doing that, and was just using any old light tone, then it really made them sort of look more dusty rather than um, catching the light. Does that make sense? So, you know, I might've had like a brown, like a dark brown, like a dryad bark or brown or whatever it's called, and then dry brushed a, uh, like a, a light gray over it, and it still sort of works, but it looks just makes it just look dusty. Makes it look, which that's, that's fine. That's if you want a dusty look. But to really create something like a cape, let's go back to the cape. Really create that sort of um, that the cape is catching the light, then building up the colours um, from dark to light, you in the same in the same um, tone or same colour um the gradient that's the word i'm trying to think of is 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 much better and really cool and as i say if you can if you can do the dark and then a mid-tone and then a slightly lighter and then an even lighter like if you can use four colors to create that gradient that's cool that's awesome because the more you do the better basically like i said so yeah, that's, uh, you know, that's generally how I go about things. I'm just wondering if there's anything else. Um, I've definitely found, and maybe this goes without saying, but I've definitely found that um, as I've got better, slowly got better at painting, I'm taking longer with each miniature. And I guess that's because there is more of a process to it, I'm not, as I say, I'm not just base coating and then washing and then dry brushing. I'm sort of really trying to pick out those finer details, whether it's, um, say, for example, let's say a bandolier, okay? So, you know, the, the belt with the bullets um, going across a chest. What I would have done a few years ago is just paint the belt brown and then the bullets um, gold and then give it a wash. And that's it. Whereas now what I'm doing is I'm painting it brown, the belt brown, doing the bullets gold or silver, giving it a wash, and then giving the brown belt a mid-tone highlight, and then giving giving the belt a light highlight. Does that make sense? So I'm just spending that bit of extra time just to make sure uh, the belt kind of pops out a bit more rather than, I mean, of course, you can tell it's a brown belt. It's, you know, yep, it's brown. But as I said earlier, if you just leave it like that, it can be very two dimensional. So to give it that, that caching the light effect, building up and adding a couple of extra highlights um, makes all the difference, to my eye anyway. Like I say, like if I was to show, if I was to show my wife, she'd look at it and just go, yeah, it's cool. You know, like yep, that's yeah, it looks good. But if I showed one of my blog buddies, if I put it up on the um, on the blog, blog or on the on the blog, on the blog, or, or took a photo and put it up on the Instagram, then people in the know will see it and go, ah, oh, that's cool. I like how he's done the belt, or I like how he's done the bullets, or or whatever, you know. And and that's cool. I like. Uh, I mean, I paint for myself. I paint to make sure I think it looks good, but. Yeah, you know, I think if you can put more effort and more soul into the miniatures, then, you know, they're really going to be appreciated a lot more. It's the Imperial Rebel Orc Podcast! To all my pointy-eared friends, I have very sad news. It's come to my attention that Eero, Imperial Rebel Orc, doesn't like elves! What kind of person doesn't like elves? Alrighty, just got a, just got some petrol. As I was getting some petrol, I was thinking more about painting. <laughs> so I'll I'll bang on a little bit more about painting. Um, I've only just started experimenting with contrast paints. Now Obviously, they've been around for a while now well maybe is it six months probably even longer than that uh, but i yeah i'm often a little bit laid out of the gate with such things it takes me a while to cotton on to branch out all that kind of thing but i have about i can't remember all the names so i'm not good with names but i have about four or five um four or five different contrast paints that i've been playing around with one of them being uh the yellow one (laughs) now i'm sure there's some sort of fancy name but i yeah i can't quite think of it now but i what i found with that is that it works really well as a glaze it's just like you know i I don't know and, and and mucking around with some of the other colors as well yeah for me it's more about using them as glazes that's at this stage anyway i've only really you know probably painted three or four models using the contrast paints but but only using them as glazes not not painting the full model um, in my personal opinion what i've seen with contrast paints it's been good but when the model is painted completely from with with contrast paints they look a bit cartoony or something or i don't know because you know how you meant to do the contrast paints only over like a lighter color um base or something so I don't know something like that but yeah I don't know they look a little bit uh, yeah just a bit cartoony and not realistic enough in my opinion but then again I watched um, what's his name Duncan uh, on YouTube and he was using contrast paints and he achieved quite a cool look. So I don't know. Maybe it just comes down to practice, and, and maybe what I've seen other people doing. Maybe they're they're new to it as well. But a lot of the time, yeah, it's not really grabbing me. But as I say, using the um, the contrast paints as a wash or a glaze, um, yeah, that kind of works well. I did some on my trench pilgrims. I um, I painted some cloaks and stuff yellow. Uh, some of the material yellow. And then, um, did the, did use this yellow contrast paint as a, as a bit of a glaze or a bit of a wash over the top. And yeah, it kind of looked, I was really happy with the effect it gave actually at the end. And then, and then I did my highlights, you know, so it, it is kind of cool. Um, what else was I thinking about, talking about? Oh, yeah, yeah. So, stuff I struggle with is, um, which I think is maybe a common one. Like I said earlier on, the eyes, definitely eyes are still oh yeah like it's one element (laughs) or two (laughs) of the model that i don't actually enjoy painting i enjoy painting the rest of them but when it comes to the eyes because i'm not a dab hand at it i suppose um yeah it's always like okay here we go i'm gonna paint some eyes (laughs) which must sound ridiculous to anyone who's either a really good at painting eyes or b doesn't paint models. If you're not painting models, then you're probably not listening to this particular episode <laughs> um, or this entire podcast. Um, but other things I I struggle with, I, I enjoy them, I enjoy painting them, but other things I struggle with are things like Uh, textures, like fur, for example. I've got better, like everything else, I've I've got better with painting fur. Um, And again, it's more... For me, it's like building up the colour, so from dark to light, to really um, capture the depth and the the grooves of of fur. Um, But, yeah, also things like facial hair and just hair on your head, that I I still, still sort of struggle with. I think I might need to... Um like get a finer brush maybe to do some of the highlights in the hair. Um there's there's one chap on the blog uh called Azazel, um who I think his I think his WordPress is Azazel's Bits Box. No, is that right? Oh, don't quote me on that. But anyway, I'll, I'll have to insert a little voice in to say exactly what it is. <laughs> but he's a cool dude. And he's, a, oh man, he's a master painter. He is, wow, he is in the upper echelons of the painting world. He, yeah, he is a god amongst men. <laughs> um, but he, you know, I've seen him do things like uh, 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 do black hair, but then with that that slightly blue Highlights, kind of like an old Superman comic. Do you remember those? If you're old enough to remember the old Superman comics, where you'd have black hair, but then the highlight in their hair or the shine in their hair would be would be blue. And you sort of go, hang on a minute, how does that work? Blue with black, but it, it works a treat. Um, so he's, he's very, Azazel's very good at achieving that, you know, shiny or not even just shiny, but that textured hair look rather than it just being a black blob. He's got movement in it. You can see. You can. There's enough highlight there for you to go. Okay, yeah, that's got that's got strands of hair happening, you know. Whereas I, I feel like a lot of the time mine are a bit blobby, um, and I do the whole thing of starting with a like say if I'm doing grey hair, I do the whole darker grey and then build up. But it's still, I don't know, i still not entirely happy with the overall look and again it's just something i need to need to keep practicing with it definitely has got better over time but uh, yeah something something i need to yeah really refine um when it comes to uh, going back to the contrast paints and technical paints i don't i don't have a huge array i haven't i've never tried the gems you know the gems range from um games workshop citadel paints i've never used those maybe because i haven't really had much need for it um I, th- I can imagine that if i did have a pot of one of the gems it would i would have it for a very very long time um because i wouldn't really i don't really paint any elder or anything with like you know bedazzled sort of jewels much. I mean, occasionally there might be a creepy character who's got a a ruby ring or something like that or an emerald ring where I think, oh, that'd be cool if I had the gems and I could just give it a little dab. But I've sort of found using the metallics and then uh, washes or glazes you know, you get a similar sort of thing anyway, but I've heard really good things about the GEMS range. So, you know, it's something I would probably go down the path of experimenting with eventually. Um, But one more more recent one, I suppose, well, in the last 12 months or so, uh, technical paint that I really love is the Gloomtide, uh, from game, the Games Workshop range, the Citadel paints, um, that's cool, that's, <laughs> if you want something a little bit decayed or mouldy or rotten or dead kind of looking, then, yeah, the Gloom tide actually works, uh, really, really well, like, um, I've used that to sort of oxidise, um, metal things like weapons and stuff as well, uh, yeah, it's a bit of an all-rounder for me, and I like that, I like, I'm not. I wouldn't say I'm tight with my money, but you know, when you buy something, you kind of, you know, you don't want it just sitting on the shelf. You want to kind of, uh, you want to kind of use it fairly regularly. So I find with the gloom tide, that's often a go-to. Sometimes I'm only using it, like recently, painting some skeletons. Um, only using, you know, a little bit of it, sort of watered down, just to go into the rib cages, or even uh, I also added it to some terrain that I did um, not so long ago as well, um, just to make it a little bit more rusted and oxidised. You know what I'm talking about? That, yeah, that sort of old sort of, um, yeah, that that icky. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm running out of words, descriptive words, but that, yeah, just that that weathered kind of rotten look i suppose gloom tide uh gloom tide in my opinion works really really well um what else have i got for you with painting Uh, and okay brushes let's 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 talk about brushes now as i said before i want to get the uh the, the windsor and newton um 7 series as uh recommended to me by Azazel, actually um Uh, Yeah, I wouldn't mind getting that and but generally I the brushes I use are from a place called Officeworks which is like a stationary office supply place here in Australia and um, Yeah, I find them to be fine. I think they're called Renault Um, the brand is Renault Um, I like um, A fine tip but like a broad uh, Brush so so it holds a lot of paint. You know what I mean? Um, You don't have to constantly keep dipping your brush uh, yeah, I like that. I, yeah, I look after my brushes as best I can, but I'm roughly paying, you know, 8 to $15 per brush, I suppose. And I'm getting about six months to a year out of those brushes. So that's not too bad. That's, um, that's pretty good. So, so the are in Newton, um, obviously they're, you know, top of the range kind of stuff. Um, like you buy three brushes and it's like, you know, could be up to 120 bucks um but i think you know if i'm going to use one specifically for eyes and that's all i use it for then i'm willing to spend a little bit more just to get that sort of um yeah that 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 technical element out of it i suppose i'm 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 happy to spend a bit of coin for something like that uh because it's going to last me as well you know Uh, What else? Talking about Citadel paints, actually. Now, (laughs) this is a gripe I've noticed for for everyone, pretty much. (sighs) What's going on with them? They do dry out. The new batch, or... Well, not even new. It's been around for a few years now. But they just... The new containers, they just dry out so much and unless you're continuously scraping around the the thread of the top of the you know the top of the pot or inside the lid scraping that out where unless you're constantly doing that then they dry out so quick i just don't know why we can't go back to the (laughs) that sounds so old Why we can't go back to the old hexagon shaped um pots because you know what i've still got some of those i think i've got like the ultramarine blue i've got the mithril silver um i've got even got a a, is it Reichland wash maybe is that the name um but i've got you know i've got maybe half a dozen of these old hexagon ones that i've had since the mid 90s people (laughs) like that's a long long time ago That the 20 what is it 25 years i've had these paints and they're still good so uh, i do you reckon it's like like my conspiracy theory mind sort of kicks in and i go the games workshop even though they're clearly making money they're a very profitable company um do you think it's been a bit of a ploy like a bit of a well let's get them buying paints more regularly because we're not making a great deal on them so let's like have the turnaround happen a lot more uh, be more frequent so let's add something so that the paints dry out a bit quicker than they're meant to (laughs) do you you reckon that's what gw are doing or do you reckon i'm just sort of uh yeah going a bit crazy maybe but i mean i live in a um where i live i live in victoria which is uh, a southern state of of australia so we It's famous for having four seasons in one day. For example, now it's like, um, it's really, really overcast, but we're expecting some sun later. So, (laughs) you know, you never know what you're gonna get. But during the summer period, it can get really quite hot, and I find the Citadel paints dry out so quickly. Like, I remember buying um, some Talan dust in December last year, and by mid-January, late January, it was already dried out. Like, I opened it up and went to stick my brush in there and the brush bristles just bent, you know? Like, I'm sure you've all had that. Um, and you kind of just go, oh, really? And what it was is that I hadn't, like, like um, completely cleaned off the top of the pot. And I sort of think, well, yeah, okay, I should be doing that, but I didn't have to do that with the with the hexagon pots. So why should I do it now? Damn it. <laughs> Stamping my foot. Um, yeah, so that's it, that is a bit of a gripe of mine. And so much so that I yeah, I've definitely started the brunch out. And I'm finding the Vallejo uh, paints are really really good. They're, they're, you don't really need to add any water, I find. They already got that milky consistency that you want um, um, for the two to three coats. Um, yeah, I don't have a great range. I've only got some maybe half a dozen of the Vallejo uh, paints, but I find them to be amazing. Um, the white especially is a nice crisp white. It hasn't got that chalkiness that the um, the Citadel uh, white scar, for example, seems to have, in my opinion. Um, yeah, so I'm, I can see myself definitely branching out more and more with Vallejo. That's that's for damn sure. Um, I think uh, I think because you know I often go to the Warhammer shop, so it's easy enough to pick up paints there. Um, so I think I'm always going to have Citadel paints, and it's going to be easy. And they're not they're not crazy expensive. I think at the moment, like just for a standard base color, you're looking at about seven dollars. So that's that's okay. You know, it's not the end of the world. Um, but yeah just the drying out it it is a bit of a it is a bit of a pain in the ass and i'm I'm sure you all agree Uh, but i reckon we wrap things up for painting Um, i've sort of waffled on a fair bit i suppose um i hope you've enjoyed it it's just this is basically my approach to painting i'd love to hear your tips and tricks um i've certainly picked up a few along the way but i i like to keep things relatively simple and then slowly expand on my skill set as i go along you know if that makes sense but uh but yeah that's uh that's painting for uh what are we on episode 16. you know what guys once upon a time Eero didn't like tyrannids either but he has a small tyranny army that he's working on now, so there's high hopes that we'll convert him and get him loving elves one day too. That's it for episode 16 today guys. No hobby spotlight, but I did um I did mention Azazel's Bits Box, that's Bits with a Z on the end. Type that into Google and you'll find the great man himself. I will be doing a hobby spotlight on him later on down the track, but today I've kind of run out of a bit, uh, run out of, a bit of time, so uh, it was kind of a bit more of a casual chat, I suppose. If you want to email me for any reason whatsoever, email me imperialrebelorc at gmail.com. If you'd like to see my work on Instagram, you can do so by typing in orc Instagram and you'll find it. If you want to uh, find, have a read, follow my blog, type in Orc.wordpress and you'll find me there too. Um, Yeah, I hope you've enjoyed the painting sort of uh, expose (laughs) or lecture today. (laughs) Let's call it a lecture. It sounds a little bit more highbrow. Um, And I'll see you in, uh, thanks for joining me and I'll see you in episode 17. Thanks, guys. You've been listening to The Imperial Orc. Podcast.